heat of a summer night in the land of the dollar bill. When the town of Chicago died, and they talk about it still. When a man named Al Capone tried to make that town his own, and he called his gang to war with the forces of the law, I heard my mama cry. To the, the greatest show on earth, or at least the, the greatest father-daughter podcast on earth, unless there's a better one out there, which actually I don't know. Maybe one starring John Elway and his daughter. Uh, I would listen to that, like really seriously, I'm just saying. <coughs> Jess. <clears throat> Welcome to the Pop and Jay Show! Yay! Uh, I'm Jess, Jay, and he is my pop. And the two of us, we talk a lot. That's what we do. Uh, hola, Jess. Are we really on episode 22? That is pretty astounding. And yet not really, because we truly do talk a lot. You know, you feign surprise at our astounding amount of talking every podcast. I'm not feigning anything. Uh-huh. Well, you need to get used to it, old man, because we're going to keep on doing this show. Until, uh, you know, we're all killed in Trump's Hunger Games. Or maybe <laughs> taken out by Hillary's brown skirts. Eh? Oh, Lord. So, basically, we'll be doing this podcast for like a few more months or something. I love Trump's Hunger Games. That's just so funny. I really hope Martin wins. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's, hey, let's hey, keep hey, on talking. In the Hunger Games, at least we have a chance. With the brown skirts, not so much. Uh, yeah, I have no no choice but to agree. All right. All right. Well, let's keep on talking then. Would you like to tell our most awesome listeners what topic we will babble on about today? Um, yeah. Well, it's a subject that you can try to get away from, but you know, you just can't. Oh, no. Oh, Lord. Please, please tell me that it's not Donald Trump fighting with that crazy woman from Venezuela. Oh, that is such a great story. Um, no, no, you can't get away from it. No, it's the non-funny part of the the latest presidential debate. Oh. Um, an issue that has many cities burning right now. Oh. An issue that has a stupid second-string quarterback for the ridiculously bad San Francisco 49ers laying down on the field with a bunch of high school students. Wait. Does this all make sense? Is this coming together? uh, Yeah, we're uh, going to talk about that subject. Okay. Black Black Lives Matter. Black power. Hey, black and blue, right? Black lives matter. Blue lives matter. Thin blue line. Cops. Death. Murder. Killing. America. America. This is this is bad. Yep. This is bad. What's happening right now is I I'm a big picture person. I try to think about 
all aspects of, of an issue. And when you look down on this, like if you put yourself above looking down, you just have to see no matter which side of this you are on, how can this look like anything but the worst thing? America's been through a lot, uh, so much. There's a song uh, that we probably won't play, but it's uh, Johnny Cash, an old song. It's called The Ragged Old Flag. And he kind of goes through all the things that our country's been through and our flag. And, and it's a metaphor. And, you know, the message is America and the flag will survive, will go on. But, man, it... it it's easy. It's sort of like the end times thing, you know, every generation, every generation without exception from the time Jesus Christ walked the earth, every generation thought they were in the end times. And so I guess that's something you also have to keep in mind. But it's also noteworthy in history that great countries and great empires don't last. They just don't. And there's a mighty strong wind blowing against America right now, Jess. Yeah, it's tragic and sad, like, and especially considering all the things that we've gotten through that were legitimate. I mean, I, okay, I guess I shouldn't start out by saying the, the feelings people have that are of that mindset that towards that feel that there's like this inherent racism going on right now. I shouldn't say that their concerns are, like, invalid, even though I guess we're going to kind of get into that. But, you know, there's no lynchings going on right now. There's no, you know, I mean, we had real problems at, before the Civil War specifically and, and after. That oh, we, definitely after. Definitely yeah, after. Yeah, and after. But, I mean, people, black, white, every color under the sun, people, righteous people of all stripes who believed in, in America and what she stood for fought to rid this country and have continued to fight. And I think, um, I guess we'll talk about it, but I kind of think that a part of this is that every generation wants to feel important and feel like they're, they're part of the struggle. You know, the greatest generation, the world war two generation, they, they, there's like a peace that comes from knowing that you're, you're fighting for, for good and you're all in it together. And, and we had it for a second after nine 11. And, uh, I, I don't know. Some, a part of me thinks that this thing, it, it just, people like to feel like they're, they're doing something that's, that, that matters, that they're changing something. And so for that to be the case, they have to a lot of times create problems too. Or see problems that aren't there, or make things worse than they are out to be worse, or attribute false um, reasons to problems. And so, anyways, I think we're going to get into all of that. Well, that's that's a big part of it. You said attribute false reasons to problems. That that's probably the actual crux of it. Yeah. Because what we're what we're really seeing is not that people don't have legitimate. Uh, gripes or concerns or issues or fears, but that they are wildly wrong about the cause of them and the solutions to them. And that, and that is why it's so frustrating uh, for people who can see very 
clearly what's actually happening. And then to have, it's, it's, it's very much like, uh, okay, so I don't know if I said it on any of our episodes, but it's, you know, one of my favorite things is, is Aristotle's definition of truth. Cause it's, it's like, so it's profoundly simple, I guess. He said, uh, when speaking of, of the definition of truth, he said, if a man says of what is that it is, and if he says of what is not that it is not, then he speaks the truth. But if a man says of what is that it is not, and if he says of what is not that it is, then he does not speak the truth. Yeah, I like and, to tease you about that. That's a long way of saying it is what it is. Yeah, but it's not what it is. It's it's that's the point. It's not what it is. Nothing is what it is because it's Orwellian. It's uh, right. like the Newspeak in 1984, George yep. Orwell's book, and uh, the you know how there was there was a narrative in that book and in our, our society now to keep the proles quiescent or satisfied unless it benefited the government, big brother, to have them rise up, which is what we see so much of uh, you, when you see politicians go out and stoke both sides, to be honest, for sure. Yeah. But man, do you really see it on the left? Do you see them go out there with basically with like cattle prods to get people riled up, right? Yeah. And it's not something new to our generation. I mean, politicians have been, you know, who, who's the Obama is it uh, Rahm Emanuel who said never let a crisis go to waste or whatever? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. and it, that ob- you can follow the logic and that that also means use, like, create them too. Like, you know, this, I don't, I think it was Charlotte, the most, one of the most recent riots where, well, I don't know, like 80 per- bad. 80% of the arrest reports were people out of state. Oh yeah, yeah. They're, they bust them. They actually bust them in. There's like professional protesters. Yeah, and if that doesn't prove that this is a, and it's interesting because like you know Occupy Wall Street was kind of the uh, last one. Yeah, but it was like the 2012 <laughs> version of some crisis that's going on, right? And it was a similar thing in that, um, the, the, well, they're bust in. It's a created, you know, it's a. There's a problem with, kind of, although Occupy Wall Street never could pin down what their problem was. But anyways, it's, you know, it's a manufactured thing. But the difference with this one, with the Black Lives Matter thing is, like, I always joke with Adam, like, you can't joke about race. You can't scoff it off. Like, you can't say anything about it because then you're racist. Like, it's pretty much the way that Obama has been so successful in avoiding all criticism where he's done so many stupid things and he, you can't criticize him. And and if you, you and now yeah. they're trying to do it with Hillary where even Obama himself said, you know, cause she's a woman or whatever. So basically I'm just saying that this black lives matter thing, I think it's escalated. The problem's escalated because it's such a, this touchy subject. Like so, you can't talk about it's, but you can't it, it, say black. Like you can't even say that. It's really good that you honestly. It's really good that you said that about uh, never let a crisis go to waste, because that is exactly what this is. 
and with all due respect, and I do have respect for some of the people involved in these protests, some of them, I do. But with all due respect to them, they are being used. Um, yeah. And the, the, the same people, the professional grievance mongers, the same people that brought us the whole Occupy Wall Street, they're the same exact people. You can look this up for yourself, are at the reins of this. And in a minute here, I'm going to uh, tell you good people a few things about the – the the creators of this this quote movement and where where they're at on the the whole political spectrum thing and, and what their real motives are and it has very 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 little to do with facts or reason or rationality well and i feel like we should start this off with my favorite tweet about this subject so far which is from somebody called joseph paul and he says uh a black man shot another black man at a protest of a black man being shot by a black cop because white people or something. <laughs> Hashtag Charlotte Riot. It truly oh, yeah. is baffling. Yeah. The Charlotte one, like, is a well, black police officer. And so then, if you start to get into the weeds with the, an actual, like, if you want to call it the truth, the weeds, they'll say, but it doesn't matter because the whole nature of police in this country is racist so okay, even if the so, cop is black it doesn't matter because there's the white culture surrounding the law enforcement well hold on so this is this is right here where we just absolutely have to play this clip um this clip that you're about to hear this will be the family of the person that was shot by the black police officer in charlotte they did it just happened and you can imagine the families you know upset and everything they they did not know any of the facts of what just happened they did not know but this is a short little clip maybe i don't know 10 seconds we'll see but this is what we're up against remember this was a black police officer by the way the police chief is also black and a very sizable uh, proportion of the police department is black in Charlotte, but this is what the family member says. No. I don't. Guys, is there anything we should know? No. You just know that all white people are fucking devils. And make sure you air that one. Air that. Don't take that. All white cops are fucking devils and white people. Okay. There you go. Deal with that. Uh, put that in your logic pipe and smoke it. I guess because. I'm not sure what we do with that. I'm, at this, you know, at this point, it, it sort of shows you the futility of any kind of dialogue happening with some of the people. So this is about cops. I'm a cop. Full disclosure. I'm and I and oh, hold on. I'm looking. Yep, I'm white. I'm a white cop. So I guess everything I say is going to not have the same value as it would if I were not a cop or if I were not white or whatever, but we're talking about cops and black people and violence. That's, that's sort of the, the whole, ostensibly that's what this is all about. So police shootings in general, this is, this is, this is pretty much all we hear about nowadays. Um, in 2012, which was, uh, 
one of the most recent years for which these FBI Bureau of Justice statistics are available, police in America made over 12 million arrests. Okay, 12 million 196,000 and some change arrests. That that's a lot of arrests. That that's just arrests. Now, for every arrest that we make, we have con. If in in a given day in my in my job in my city is very busy. In a given day, if I make uh, one arrest, I will contact, for every one arrest I make, I will contact, have contact with at least 20 or more other people. Okay, so that 12 million arrests probably calculates to tens of millions of contacts with police and the public. And just because I might even have some very negative contacts with a person, but I don't arrest them. And you so do. It's, well, so now you take that, take that number of, of over 12 million. And in 2012, there were 410 uses of deadly force by police. 410. That is 0.00003%. Of all arrests, and uh, an even much tinier fraction of the number of contacts that police have. So this thing that looks in some people's minds like some kind of epidemic—it's absurd, is what it is. It's absurd because we are—we when I say we, police officers are contacting people by the tens of millions, by the tens of millions, right? And 410 in a given year, uh, 410 people died as a result of their contact with police. That is, that is, that is smaller than you. You can put that. Go, go to the CDC's uh, deaths and how many people percentage-wise die from things like household cleaners and all of that, and you will see how small that number really is. You're but probably more it, likely to die twerking at a dance club. <laughs> or like I don't know other stupid things people taking a selfie <laughs> I bet you're way more likely to die taking a selfie oh you probably are Dude. now meanwhile uh, in, in this year 2016 and that's if you get arrested if you don't get arrested your chances of getting killed by a cop well <laughs> oh well we can't we can't arrest you if we kill you I guess I don't know but uh, I do know this, murders of police officers are up dramatically this year because somebody has been pounding the drumbeat mm-hmm. and working the, working the people up with this false narrative. And, you know, it, in, in, in the defense of some people that are getting, like, really angry about all this, if, if, I, if I were told by someone that I trusted – Every day of my life, from the time I was a little kid, that everything is rigged against me, the system hates me, those guys in uniform over there, they will kill you, they hate you. If, if I was told that and fed that every day of my life, then I, you know, maybe I'd believe it. Although I was, I was told a lot of stuff uh, in my youth, and I somehow sorted through the parts of it that turned out to be maybe not so true and figured it out for myself. And some of it, maybe I'm still deluded. I don't know. But so I do understand how this narrative can happen, um, especially with the uh, 
way the progressives have completely, utterly and completely destroyed our education system. Well, yeah, like the, uh, which I think we talked about him before the, um, I think I even played a clip from him, the chief of police that appeared at the RNC, the black chief of police who's got, who was in the news recently for No, you're talking about Sheriff Clark. Yeah, Sheriff Clark, whatever. Yeah. Anyways, like he, he nailed it perfectly, which we've talked about, I think before, which is the, the, it's, it's the decimation of that the family and especially the African-American family and what social welfare programs have done to rob them of their humanity. So you have this 80% single parent family rate. You've got this astronomical number of, of children that have no father around. Um, you've got this welfare class like problem where people don't get off. You know, we all know we talk about this all the time, but like you, like we were just saying, you want to, you don't want to look in the mirror. You don't want you, or you want an answer really to what is the problem. And the, the despicable thing about the political class. And as we said, specifically the left is the way that they purposely take this thing that they did, this horrible thing that they've done to these people and they keep making it worse by blaming other people but right. other things and just double, triple, quadrupling down. They, they, there's no end in sight. And it, it's interesting that it's Hillary Clinton and Obama specifically right now who are at the top of this um, class because I just got done reading Breitbart's book. And it really is 110% directly out of Saul Alinsky's Rules for Radicals exactly what you do to manufacture this kind of civil unrest. And Obama himself was a community organizer in Chicago for his adult life before he was a politician. And an a open advocate of Solinsky, as was Hillary Clinton. She, de- she dedicated her senior thesis or whatever to him and attributed a lot of her life to, uh, studying, studies Ooh, to him. Fun fact. What, uh, to whom did Solinsky dedicate his book? To the one... To the original radical, the Lu- Lucifer, to the yeah, <laughs> who and and it, and it it fits with him. I learned more about him, and you know he was so good, and his book was so persuasive. But anyways, it is and this is not conspiratorial in any way. This is one hundred percent. Oh yeah, clearly laid out in how you. It's it's a drumbeat thing too. Solinsky is so so serious about in his rules. I really recommend if not reading his book, then reading Breitbart's book, righteous indignation, where he devotes several chapters to going through the book, like really, really well, like really, I would say scholarly level of going through his book. But, um, you don't do these big things. You know, he wasn't like Solinsky wouldn't have been as much a fan of the weather underground and blowing things up as he is the, the slow drumbeat, which yeah. is what is happening. That constant, constant, constant creating of unrest. And by planting these little seeds of just unrest in this culture, yeah. this is what you get and this is, this is what you want. I mean, there's no signs that our president right now 
or our president to come. I was going to quote Hillary, what she just said at the first presidential debate was disgusting, her answer about what we do about this. Let's play the clip. I don't know if I have a clip of it, but if I don't have a clip of it, I can read it to you because I have it right here. Awesome. It's just a sentence. What she said was, um, she said something that I'm going to pull up as soon as it pulls up. But but uh, you know what Obama has said, which is, you know, remember his beer summit? Oh, yeah. Police acted stupidly. I mean, every single Immediately, time. Immediately. It runs. Yeah, it yeah. goes to that. She said, she was asked about what would she do about, does she, oh, no, she was asked pretty much specifically by Lester Holt if she thought there was uh, inherent by racial prejudice within law enforcement. And she said, uh, I think implicit bias is a problem for everyone, not just police, not just police, which means that police are. I think, unfortunately, too many of us in our great country jump to conclusions about each other, and therefore, I think we we need all of us to be asked the hard questions. Why am I feeling this way? <laughs> so basically, she she indicts the entire nation, not yeah. not her, of course, and nobody no, nobody that, on the left. That's right in line with their whole narrative. We are a nation of racists. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Does that include well, listen, black the, the, people? The grievance, the grievance, no, they're not, they're not, I'm, I'm not being facetious. They, the way they explain it is they're not capable of being racist. I totally, because, yeah. Yeah. So the, the grievance mongering and the politicians and the quote leaders of these movements, whatever, they deal in this stuff the way, uh, like corporations deal in, you know, behind the scenes deals. And they're, they're all, if you've noticed something that they all have in common, they make very good living. They're in power. Uh, your Jesse Jackson's, your Al Sharpton's, your Hillary Clinton's, what she's worth by some accounts getting close to $200 million, mm-hmm. um, in government. Hmm. Uh, it's, they make a very good living by going around and telling people, how bad off those the people are because of other people. It's like, you know, rich people telling poor people that they're poor because of rich people. And, and they, they, they do well at that. And that's sort of when you throw facts and stats and stuff out. That's why a lot of people don't listen because these, these are emotional issues. So let me throw a few, there's a lady named Heather McDonald that put out a book like a few, the early this year, maybe last year. No, I think it just came. It's pretty recent. It's, it's, yeah, it's fairly recent, but she, she did a ton of, uh, she's a journalist. I think she, I think she swings conservative, but uh, whatever facts don't care about your political leaning. A fact is a fact. It's called the war Um, on cops. Yeah. The war on cops. That's what it's called. So she, just a few quick blurbs from her uh, research this year and by the way she got her research from the washington post which got it from the bureau of justice statistics and fbi uh first police officers in 2015 killed twice as many white people as they did black people okay that's worth noting um you will say well whites make up more of the population right so that must make sense but when you dig into the numbers, you'll see that blacks were charged with 62% of robberies, 57% of murders, and 45% of assaults. And they're only 13% of the population. 
Mm-hmm. So that's crazy, right? And it's mostly males who I'm thinking. Oh are yeah, about almost 6%. all. And and the and the next one is uh, more whites and Hispanics die from police homicides than blacks. Twelve uh, percent of white and Hispanic homicide deaths were due to police officers, while only four percent. So of all the black homicides in America, of all the black people that are murdered in America, only four percent of them were the result of police officers, 4%. So 96% of the murderers of black Americans are getting a free pass in this tsunami storm of nonsense. And let's say what most of those are blacks also. Black on black homicides, right? Yeah. Is the, is a major issue. And and I, yeah, I got a little bit on that in a minute, but, uh, the next one is that black and Hispanic police officers are more likely to fire a gun at blacks than white officers are. So it says that black cops are 3.3 times more likely, so 330% more likely to fire a gun than other cops at a black suspect. And the last one that, that really kind of hits home for me uh, given what I do for a living, blacks are more likely to kill cops than to be killed by cops. This one is, this one really will grab you. Okay. 40% of cop killers are black. 40% of cop killers are black. Let that sink in. Blacks are 13% of the population. No, no, it's even better than that because they're for, they're black males and that's 6% yeah. of the population. There you go. Yeah. And, and to one, one step further on that, uh, a police officer is 18.5, 18.5 times more likely to be killed by a black male than a black male, unarmed black male, is of being killed by a cop. Yeah. 18.5. And, and nobody, I mean, things like this just don't matter because, hey... Because, because emotion. Well, what's interesting to me is that what really grinds my gears, oh gosh, I hate that phrase, but um, what really, really, really bugs about this argument is that it's like that natural thing that it is wrong to be prejudiced. It's wrong to be prejudiced. So So it's, you know, cops are being prejudiced. Well... You're being like it's the it's the it's the whole reverse discrimination thing. Like you're being prejudiced against cops and you're da- endangering their lives because of it. Like imagine if like you know like I don't know like the the angry white or angry black man or the those stereotypes that that they'll do PSAs on being dangerous because they they make it more dangerous for black people to live. And I kind of get that. Like you know maybe don't um, if you're doing a a TV show or a movie, you don't want every black character to be a villain or whatever because that's just wrong, right? You're going to make them look bad. Yeah, They're doing this in reverse to police officers at the cost of endangering their very lives. Like, they're making their their already ridiculously dangerous jobs so much more dangerous by stereotyping them. Like, why is it... You know what else? You know what else they're doing? And... The facts bear this out 100%. And I'm sure most people listening to this know this and have heard this. The other thing that they're doing here 
besides making it more dangerous for cops. And you know what? If it's more dangerous for us, then it's more dangerous for us. We signed up for this job. I, I wasn't under any illusions of, you know. No, that's that ridiculous. Be, so you, they, they should not make no, it No, no, no. But I'm saying that's fine. You can make a case. But, but what they're really doing here is they're making it worse by far by an order of magnitude on the very people that they say they want to protect. Because what's happening now is the crime rates are, are going up. Look it up for yourself, folks. Uh, anyone that tells you that they're not in the big cities is really selling you some garbage because they are. Murders are up. Violent crimes are up in the cities. And some people are attributing it to cops are being told by administrations uh, by mayors and city councils and stuff to back off right. or that even some of the police officers in cities and who could blame them in cities like Baltimore and Chicago and New York are saying, um, yeah, I was very proactive in my beat and I went in and took care of business and kept crime rates low. But now everything I'm doing is being scrutinized and I'm going to be called a racist and they're going to go after my job. And I know I'm not doing it. Or you're just scared because, like, I, I know you guys don't back off of stuff because you're scared, but I wouldn't blame a police officer who was a little bit more leery to go near, let's say, a group of black people or whatever than they would have been last, you know, year. Like, well, I don't, I don't, cops are not inherently racist. They're exactly the same amount of racist as the rest of the damn population. Actually, but, actually, probably, probably a lot less. Yeah, you guys are around everybody all the time. Well, you and, have and, to be. And honestly, a, a large portion of police officers are former military, and uh, the overwhelming majority of military people get over this whole racism thing really quickly. Because what we go through and bond together, you don't, you don't have time for that nonsense. Right. Um, but let me just tell you on the point you just made. When it's it's not a it, it fear is a good thing if it, it's a good motivator it's a horrible leader but it's a good motivator um, I will tell you right now that I am responding to uh, normal quote normal calls there's no such thing but I'm responding not as quickly as I did uh, I'll give you an example in a few months back there was uh, I think it was Kentucky there was uh, another yet another ambush of police officers brought on by this nonsense that our president started mm-hmm. Stokes. Um, Guy calls in and says, my vehicle's been burglarized. And so this police officer just shows up. And the guy was hiding and laying in wait and murdered him. So when I go to calls, uh, well, I'm always cautious. Uh, 20 years in the Marine Corps did that for me and just in general. But I am now what you would call hypervigilant to an absurd degree. And, and when if I go anybody to calls, knows you, that is, an, that is a crazy amount of vigilance. It's very scary. Well, when I uh, let's say that you call, if I get a call for service for uh, uh, we, what our most common one is is domestic disturbances, domestic violence, whatever, and it, uh, most of those turn out to be verbal, um, and they're and they're very common. I go on many of those every day. Uh, if I get a call for a verbal one of those, or if I get a call for a burglary, or if I get a call for hey, my car was stolen last night, and I got to go take a report. Um, I, I pull into the neighborhood like two blocks away. I stop. I start looking at rooftops. I Good. go really slow. I got my, my spotlight on. I'm looking around. I'm not going to be ambushed, right? So now when people call me, um, especially if it's uh, like a domestic situation, which can be very, very bad for the people involved, I'm not rushing up to that anymore. 
I'm not, not that I did before, but I even less than before. And that's happening That's a nationwide. really interesting point that I have not heard. And I, I no, nobody can or should blame you. And it, it's like everything else in these kind of situations where the truth, like the, what happens from this kind of nonsense the, the the consequences you never hear about it from people who are promote promoting it and 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 provoking it and you won't hear and it's so obvious it's like duh of course that's going to happen to the police officers and even Hillary it was actually surprising to me when I heard her respond because the Black Lives Matter people that question about are the cops racist would have been like yeah yeah they are blah 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 she's still trying to toe the line and whatever whatever oh, yeah. but just like Obama is too but just what they're doing is, of course, obvious. Somebody should have... I never even thought about what you just said. I would... That's a question that obviously needs to be answered. Like, well, do you understand that you are also making these calls take longer? You, you have... The response time is going to be longer because they can't hurry to these people. They have to... They're going to... They're, there's ambushes. They're being attacked. Like... Yeah. That's a really so, good point. So, back to stats for a minute. Okay, I'm going to pick on Chicago because that's where our president hails from. Um, and it's like a freaking third world country war zone. Okay. As of yesterday, there have been 543 homicides in 2016. Projections right now that there will be nearly 700 homicides in 2016. Isn't it okay, sad that they're, they're project like we just know there's going to be 157 more. Well, no, that's killed. based on the rate. You <laughs> just take, you just take the number and divide it by the amount of time that's passed and then project it. But isn't that madness? So, like what, is there a steady rate of homicides so, going on? Why? So they are almost all black on black violence. And now uh, homework assignment for our astute listeners, just go, I'm not even going to do it for you. Go look up, the number of deaths in of, of U.S. troops in Iraq and Afghanistan in 2016, and and then compare it to Chicago, and see what you find. Okay, over 3,000 people, 3,000 people are shot every year in Chicago, and we hear crickets from Black Lives Matter and these other groups. But if one single black person dies at the hands of a police officer, regardless regardless of the circumstances regardless of the circumstances, then yeah. it is Armageddon. And by the way, Chicago has the most draconian gun laws in America. How is that working out? No, the day that I heard Heather McDonald, because I heard her once on the radio and heard the stats you just read, and they were just, you know, it's mind-blowing. It's funny the way the truth hits you. But on that day, she said, in the last 72 hours of that day, four children under the age of eight had already been shot in Chicago yeah. in the last, in three days. And you hear nothing. Black Lives Matter? Really? Black Lives Matter? There is, uh, there's a website. 700. Uh, there's a website for those interested called uh, dnainfo.com. Like DNA Delta November Alpha Info, I-N-F-O.com. And then if you go slash Chicago slash 2016 dash Chicago dash murders. Play that back. Um, it will show you uh, the entire year and it's, it's set up very nicely. Uh, every month of the year, I'm looking at September right now, 
has a page and there's a little square box for every person that's been murdered in Chicago this year. And I'll, I'll just read this one. I'll read the most recent one. Let's go down to September 29th, the most recent one they have. And it's for Jonathan Ortiz, 22 years old, cause shooting, neighborhood Garfield Park, time 0535 a.m. Occurrence address, Laramie Avenue and Interstate 290. Up oh, right above that, we got Devon Allman, 23 years old, black, cause shooting, neighborhood Austin. Oh, this one happened at noon, lunchtime, Central Avenue and Interstate 290. So it, it lists the person's name, their age, and, and I'm scrolling through these pages. I'm looking at 18 years old, 23, 26, 20, 18, 22, 20. 16, 25, 19. These are young human beings, youngsters. And and I encourage you to go to this website and just, just this is just Chicago. And, and it's crazy how Chicago, you know, has changed over the century because such a beautiful place has been so corrupted and, and destroyed. And it's, it's Detroit's similar. Yeah. And, uh, it's these anywhere you've got these giant social welfare programs and it's like you know people on the left will say that oh you want to blame it on black people oh you just want to say black cities are like this it's not that it's, <laughs> no it's not that there's black people there it's what has been done to their culture by the democrats yeah. the leftists in this country what they in the politician class generally what they've done to the black family and to it's, I don't, it's, ugh. yeah, no, I'm, I'm tracking. Oh, am I ever tracking? Uh, it, it's, it's very disheartening because like I said earlier, there is merit in some of the grievances. Okay. There, there's definite merit in their grievances. The problem is they're directing their anger and their ire in the wrong place. They're, they're directing it exactly away from where it should be where it should be directed period um and so before we go uh, man we could certainly go on with this all night but i want to get to black lives matter for just a minute okay because that's the biggie right now right black lives matter that, yeah that's I, wish, I wish i was thinking about this i wish that they could get brought down like how acorn did because i know that the corruption that's in that organization i, I just wonder how many people know anything about this organization and all you have to do they're not shy about it do what i did uh do what i did and go to blacklivesmatter.com and read about it so they black lives matter fun fact was founded by three women uh, alicia garza patrice colors and opal tometi okay um by the way uh Patrice Cullors is famously featured in a video from a couple years ago where she's chanting with a mob to, quote, burn everything down, quote, shut this SH blank blank down and rise the F blank 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 up. Um, they also frequently shout and chant quotes from cop killers, infamous cop killers, as well as, and here's the bottom line and the Sololinsky connection, from the Communist Manifesto. 
Oh, and they're also vehemently anti-Israel. So you see, they are admittedly on their website a political organization. Right. They're not. They're not about worrying about the the young black children who are being murdered all over this country by other black people and gang members. They're about politics. Well, and, and even communism. in even in this uh, these last two. So you had Charlotte, and you had what was the other one that just happened? Um. Charlotte? No, the Charlotte, and there was another one. One of them had the rioting. Down in San, Di- San Diego. No, 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 no. Uh, anyways, there was Charlotte, and the reason why I can't think of the other one is because Charlotte's the one that had the riots. Yeah. And Charlotte is, um, we're, you know, they're speculating, like, why did Charlotte have the riots? And this other place that I can't think of. Oh, gosh. Anyways, North Carolina is a swing state, and it's still swinging. And yeah. Yeah, it is. There's huge. I mean, it's not a conspiracy, conspiratorial thing to think that BLM, Black Lives Matter, went specifically targeted Charlotte as opposed to this other one because the other one that I can't think of. Right well, now. and the Charlotte one was. Uh, oh, you're talking about the the female officer that straight yeah, up murdered Omaha. straight up shot. Was that. it Omaha? No, it was Tulsa. Tulsa. Okay, so yeah. yeah. And so in Tulsa, you actually That's had... the one where you would have expected to see right. the riots. And it, it, you got the video, you, the guy, you know, it looks doesn't look good, and this yeah. lady's already been charged. You don't have riots. And people are trying to say, oh, it's because Tulsa, Oklahoma, they're just, you know, they're prayerful or whatever. Well, maybe. But I think it also has a huge amount to do with Black Lives Matter busing people to oh, yeah. Charlotte, yeah, yeah. inciting this this rage. Stirring it up because, as we, you just said, they're political, and that state, this is a, this is not, a, it's no freaking okay. duh that you, this is an election year, and so this is why this is going so crazy right now. You got to give me a, uh, a minute here with us. Uh, this is some actual ex- excerpts from Black Lives Matter's website, okay? And they have something on there called uh, Our Manifesto that these women who started all this wrote. And it starts off with black women continue to bear the burden of a relentless assault on our children and our families. And that assault is an act of state violence. Now, remember, I told you a minute ago that 4% of the black homicides are from the state or the police. The other 96% are from their fellow black citizens. Yeah. Um, And now here's the one that kind of this one kind of hit me sideways. I didn't see this coming. Black Lives Matter affirms the lives of black queer folks and transgender folks and black undocumented folks <laughs> and blacks living all along the gender spectrum. What? And to keep it real, now listen to this one. And to keep it real, these are quotes, this isn't me. It is appropriate and necessary to have strategy and action centered around blackness without other non-black communities of color, or white folks for that matter, needing to find a place and a way to center themselves within it. And perhaps more importantly, when black people cry out in defense of our lives, which are uniquely, systematically, and savagely targeted by the state, 4%, we are asking you, our family, to stand with us in affirming black lives, not just all lives, black lives, Please do not change the conversation by talking about how your life matters too. I'm going to say that last one again. Wow. Please do not change the conversation by talking about how your life matters too. 
I, it's like they, it's almost like these, these women who are just pure evil that started this group. It's almost like they had this great idea. Black Lives Matter. It's so catchy. It's working. And then somebody thwarted it with the simple rebuttal. How about all lives matter? Yeah, and I have something what? in a second. But oh, so you also find on their website that there's trouble in this movement. The quote queer black women who created BLM are not happy with any organization that doesn't do things the right way. So oh, they've are they, had are they queer the women? Yeah. So they they've had uh, apparently some sympathetic organizations will have events and campaigns based on. Black Lives Matter, and the way they phrase it here, when you design an event based on the work of queer black women and don't invite them to participate in it, but then ask them to provide materials, that is racism in practice. And then it says it's also heteropatriarchal. Straight men unintentionally or, or intentionally have taken the work of queer black women and erased our contributions. Perhaps if we were the charismatic black men that many are rallying around these days, it would have been a different story. But being black queer women in this society, and apparently in these movements, tends to equal invisibility and non-relevancy. And then this one just really just took it home for me. We completely expect those who benefit directly and improperly from white supremacy trying to erase our existence. We fight that every day. But when it happens amongst our allies, we are baffled. We are saddened. And we are enraged. And it's time to have the political conversation about why that's not okay. I mean, I didn't know that their website... Yeah. I didn't know that so much about them... I, I guess I didn't really know much about them. That really hits me too. So it just shows you that uh, probably a good... I, what, 98% of the people that go out and burn cities and steal iPads from Walmart because oh, white people are bad or whatever, I have no idea. These, these, these communist uh, political active people are using them. The Ferguson effect is real, the, the looting and the rioting. In fact, the, they, get, they lean on politicians. The Democrat National Committee actually passed a resolution supporting Black Lives Matter. And then, right after that, Black Lives Matter launched a petition at those same Democrats demanding more debates, and they demanded specifically a Black Lives Matter-themed presidential debate. I, I, I know that, that they have, the founders have criminal records, too. In June, I know one of their yeah. founders was arrested for something that used to be called... That none of that matters. Yeah, I guess not. So celebrities, I almost called them something else. Um, <laughs> celebrities, uh, as usual, they are... They're beautiful people with... They're geniuses too, don't beautiful, forget that. Beautiful brains that actually don't... But believe Their brains are the equivalent of the wax fruit and the fruit that you see in paintings. They they look really pretty in there. If you take a bite out of that fruit, it doesn't taste very good. But they're all over the place, obviously supporting this. Um, this this I love. I, I came across this. USA Today reported that a few celebrities, because when when the All Lives Matter thing started, because uh, that like sounds good, ago, like love. Well, it's and like that's yeah, the All Lives Matter. Thing. So a few celebrities 
actually put it on Twitter and send it out, all lives matter hashtag. Yeah. Including Jennifer Lopez and someone named Fetty Wap. Um, they then were overwhelmingly shamed by the PC police and they had to delete those Twitter postings and apologize. Poor J-Lo. I know. Um, I know. But I, I do want to say I, I am about to give a huge, huge shout out to a guy named Jarrett Maupin, who he's a, a, a pastor. He's a black guy. And he has been one of the most vocal anti-cop, hating cop, marching, blah, 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 protest leaders out there. And the Maricopa County Sheriff's Office two years ago gave him an invitation to come and attend some uh, some scenario training that we that police officers go through all the time. Uh, where they use real they, they use real scenarios that actually happened in, in actual cases, and then they put uh, students in this environment and they give them uh, what we call simunitions or uh, call them play guns, whatever. But they shoot like paint, call it paintball, kind of like paintball, right? Uh-huh. Um, and and you know they give them a scenario and they tell, and they have role players and all of that, so. Just so, so this you know, guy, Hillary says that she wants to make that whole process a lot less racist because I know it's inherently racist what you're doing. So your, yeah, tra- your training's going to be a lot less. It's very, racist. very racist. Except the people in this particular training where the role players were all white. But that's, anyway, so this, this pastor, this pastor, um, Jarrett Maupin, he agreed. And this is, I'm going to read you one of his quotes. There was a police shooting in Arizona. And uh, you can go look this guy up on YouTube, folks. Um, J-A-R-R-E-T-T-M-A-U-P-I-N. He, you watch him with his, literally with a bullhorn. And he was marching people. And he's like, they were talking about this police officer that shot this guy. Quote, we want his badge. We want his gun. We want his job. Okay. Then he agrees to go to this training and he, he goes through this training and he winds up, would you need to watch, just watch it for yourself. If you go to YouTube, uh, just look up activist critical of police undergoes use of force scenarios or even try his name. I'm sure it'll come up, but, um, once he goes through that and he shoots a couple unarmed people and gets shot by a guy that he didn't expect to get shot by, he says, here's a quote from him on the, from the video where they asked him, why did you shoot that guy? And he says, I shot because he was in my zone, you know. I didn't necessarily see him armed, but he came clearly to do some harm to my person, to the officer. Then he said, uh, afterward they were debriefing him, he said, it, it, it's hard to make that call. It shakes you up. Then he says, I didn't understand how important compliance was. But after going through this, yeah, my attitude has changed. People need to comply with law enforcement officers for their own safety. Then he said, it all happened so fast, in seconds. And you can see his face. And he's like, wow, whoa, whoa. One of the scenarios, these two guys were like pushing each other in the street and he shows, he gets the call and he shows up. He's like, Hey guys, Hey, Hey, come here. And one of the guys, a big guy starts walking. What do you want? Cop starts walking toward him aggressively and he draws his gun out and he's like, stop, stop, stop coming at me. And the guy keeps walking toward him and he shoots him. Mm -hmm. The guy got close and he shot him. Okay. (laughs) 
Well, and it's funny too, because like, I think like, uh, the common sense part of like what it means to be a police officer, the obvious things about that it's extremely dangerous and you are protecting us, that thin blue line thing. Like you guys, I feel sometimes like the way that our culture is right now in America, that it's so pansy and so just really uninformed on basic, like no common sense. I, I think if they, if we were just starting fresh right now with, with law enforcement, that we would be like so many countries in Europe and we would think, oh, it's just not very nice. It's, it's inciting violence for the police officers to have guns at all. Because I've heard talk about that, like unarming the police, disarming police officers. Yep. And yet remember when, uh, Obama was campaigning the first time, do you remember him saying that he wanted a civilian force that was, that was every bit as uh, well-equipped and armed as the police and the military. And, and everyone that heard that, and it, most people, it went over their head, but that you said brown skirts or brown the brown yeah, shirts. the brown the, shirts. The Hitler Youth, and, and then yeah. even before that, even in our own country, Woodrow Wilson, in, in the, the uh, early part of the, of the 1900s, had forces like that out there, and they would go to political rallies and anybody that spoke against the candidates they wanted, they would literally beat the crap out of them. I'm surprised that that didn't happen with Obama. And I, I don't know. Well, it did actually. Do you, re- do you not remember the voter intimidation? Uh, well, yeah, that's true. That's true. The voter intimidation where the, the well, dudes at the at, voting. Yeah. Look, yeah. At, look at black lives matter right now. Uh, there was some article. It was a, you, you might've posted today on our little family thread about the, the, People who are saying there's going to be, you watch the riots that will happen if Trump wins. I guess that is a form of it, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So back to that real quick, the the all lives matter thing. Um, So white lives matter was a group that was created uh, in response to black lives matter. That just sounds racist. (laughs) Well, yeah. So, so the Southern Southern poverty law center, which is a huge hate group itself, they added white lives matter to their list of hate groups. Um, but in, in a poll in uh, about a year ago, 78% of Americans said the statement, all lives matter was quote, close to their own point of view, much closer than quote, black lives matter. In fact, only 11% said the statement Black Lives Matter was closer. And then uh, a professor said, uh, Professor David Theo Goldberg said that all lives matter reflects a view of racial dismissal. And then finally, (laughs) USA Today wrote this summer, just in July, that using the phrase all lives matter can be interpreted as racist. It cited three different professors who said that white people use the phrase all lives matter to ignore black lives matter. Yeah. Now, can you do the kind of mental gymnastics that you need to do to wrap your brain around that little logic nugget? And it shows you how far we've come from like legitimate civil rights problems because, you know, white people wouldn't have said that who racist white people or whoever they they were accusing when we were actually going for civil rights in this country you wouldn't that it wouldn't have been like that would have been great like that would have been dr king would have said yes all lives exactly 
I will that we're not going to judge each other based on the pigmentation of our skin colors. But (laughs) now saying that all of us are equal is racist. Yeah, we're not equal. So before uh, we don't want to go long too long, but we haven't got to the best part of this and well yeah is, this is a big part of why this is all happening right now right if i think I yeah know where, this, I think I this magnificent magnificent idiot colin kaepernick who's um, from my uh, neck of the woods and yours he went to school so so yeah the- he 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 grew up in turlock where near where you are and he went to school here in the city i'm in school that my husband works at (laughs) and then he went to unr where you live so so this guy a lot of people were actually i've talked to a lot of people that were actually surprised to find out that he considers himself black because he doesn't really look like he grew the afro out this year but he was uh he's fair he's got a white mother and a black father apparently Mm -hmm. like another agitator we know Hmm. he was uh given up for adoption and he was raised by uh, a white couple he he went to school he he's been privileged he's been privileged his whole life he went to school here in reno at unr and he lied about the reno police and maybe the unr police uh whatever saying like they they kicked in my door without a warrant or something i, I it it's so laughable to any of us living here in reality in, in this city that I'm in, but I want to read something. Well, first of all, before I do that, so if you don't know, he started this thing on the the first week of the NFL season, preseason, where, right? Because preseason, was... yeah, where he decided because he's going to get cut by the team and he needs to find a way to make himself relevant. Um, and he did it. Social media. Oh yeah, he's the man. He's a hero. Yeah. Um, he decides that. When the national anthem plays in the National Football League to honor this country that gives him $19 million a year um, and his buddy, filthy rich, privileged athletes, that he's going to he's going to kneel down and not stand up for for the flag and for our country, for the flag that, you know, people friend, very good friends of mine and relatives of mine died for and supposedly uh, to him he said some of his relatives even i i couldn't begin to go there but anyway so he does this and next thing you know there's a couple other we've got some on our team including well, well a guy on our team on the broncos uh brandon marshall who was hmm, go figure a teammate of kaepernick's at unr and and, and by the way he has paid he has paid dearly for his stupidity because he lost all of his sponsorships. And so that good for him. signing you know, event, uh, he just missed out on ice. That, that was, was beautiful. That was, that really was beautiful. Good. Um, I like it when it swings that way. Cause it so rarely, do- rarely does, but Get, anyway, enjoy it because pretty soon that will be illegal. You will be. So he's, he's drunk with drunk with power of his newfound celebrity. He's going places like over to Oakland too. Cause now they got the high school kids thinking that this is cool. And why would a school allow their high school kids to do this? I don't know. I don't know why the NFL would allow it. The well, NFL Oakland. won't even. The NFL won't even allow a player. They won't allow players to put little like they wouldn't let the Cowboys commemorate. Um, the what was slain it nine eleven? No, the slain Dallas officer. Oh, I'm sorry, the slain Dallas police Five officer. Police that's right. Officers. And then it was the, it was the guy from the Titans who wanted to put a pin on his shoe 
on September well, he 11th. Had specially made, he had these shoes that were specially made and they were beautiful, had this beautiful, yeah. like, but they highly regulate the dress code in the NFL. So some people try to say, oh, it's just because they, they regulate the dress code in the NFL. No, it's not just the dress code. They, they regulate everything about these players because they don't want to hurt the brand. Yep. But the, the power of PC and the drumbeat is so strong that the NFL has given in and big time um, and they are paying for and it. They're, they're paying for it. Their viewership's down like 18%. This yeah. Year. They're, they're losing a lot of money over this. So I hope that's a real principle for them because they're idiots. Um, I want real quick to read a guy named Dr. Ron Martinelli, PhD. He's a, a forensic criminologist. He's a retired police detective from San Jose, California, a really big city. He wrote uh, an editorial directed at Kaepernick and this oppression of blacks. Cause that's what Kaepernick said. He said, I'm not going to stand for a flag that represents a country that oppresses whatever. And now so, you see a schizophrenia. You see some of the players kneeling with their hand over their heart. That's bizarre. I don't get that one. They can't figure it out. So Dr. Martinelli says, uh, let's talk about real oppression of blacks and people of color. How about gun violence? And then he went into the Chicago thing. He said, in Chicago this month, there have been 84 homicides. Of those, 74 were from gun violence. Of those, 78% were black victims and 16% were Hispanic victims. Only 5% were white or other races. A person in Chicago is shot every two minutes and murdered every 11 11 minutes and 56 seconds. That can't be possible. And then he said, well, I read you the stats earlier it is possible you don't think an environment where people lock themselves inside of their iron barred homes at night like they were in large jail cells isn't oppressive to members of the minority community how about minority and black gangbangers and dope dealers who sell cocaine crack meth and other hard addictive drugs to members of the black and minority communities you don't think that the physical and psychological enslavement of people of color to drugs for the rest of their lives isn't oppressive or prolonged cruel treatment. And then he said, you don't think, Colin, you don't think turning young children into dope dealers and young girls into prostitutes isn't oppressive? Just where have you been, bro? Oh, yeah, I remember. You've been busy tossing around that football in the safe suburbs of Turlock, California. You've been too busy working on yourself than hanging around the hood to observe real oppression. Now you are a one percenter making 19 million a year for throwing a stupid football around and living the high life in a gated community with your MTV entourage. You amaze me with your self-centered, insulated, newfound interpretation of social justice. Here's my challenge to you, Colin. Go out into the real world and learn something about what real oppression is and just who it is that's fighting on your behalf. It might astound you, but it is the police. Not Black Lives Matter, my man. You need to get educated, Richie Rich. Get over to Oakland at 1 a.m. and walk around the Acorn Projects, Ghost Town, Cypress Village, Ice City, and Bushrod Park. Then pop over the bridge to your 49er hometown and visit Big Block in Hunters Point. Watch the boys from Oakdale and the Bay Show mob selling dope to your fans. Maybe you can gather up some courage to chastise them for oppressing the people. I doubt it, though. It's just not you from what i can see you're more of the overly entitled millionaire limousine liberal social justice celebrity type wow and then he goes into how police are trained and what they do for a living and he said why don't you sign up for a one-week ride along with oakland Uh, get into a squad car and watch how cops police the streets 
and try to protect the communities from these real oppressors, these real criminals. And then he says, finally, do some real studying about politics and sociology. Try to determine why endless government entitlement programs, a broken education system, cancellation of school voucher programs, and exceedingly high high school dropout rates have oppressed the minority communities by destroying the incentive to move upward in society and out of poverty. And then I'm going to end it. After you have completed my challenge, report back and tell us in a press conference what you learned. From your background, I see that you've never done anything other than being born in this great country to deserve citizenship and our freedoms and liberties. Yet you disrespect those of us who risked it all so that you could have that birthright. I'm reminded of the last words of a mortally wounded American captain in Germany during World War II in the movie Band of Brothers. Quote, earn this, unquote. Dude, so good. I never read that. That's phenomenal. There's a whole article. That wasn't even all of it. But... uh everyone knows who Charles Barkley is, uh, former basketball player and Mr. Media guy. He's funny guy, whatever. Um, he's definitely, uh, on the Democrat side of things. But when this thing started two years ago, um, he came out right away to defend police officers and he called it ridiculous that people claim white cops are just out there killing black people. Listen to what Barkley said. He said, this was two years ago. He said, the notion that white cops are, are out there just killing black people. That's ridiculous. Oh, by the way, Charles Barkley is black in case you didn't know it. That's just flat out ridiculous. I challenge any black person to try to make that point. Cops are actually awesome. They are the only thing in the ghetto between this place being the wild, wild west. So this notion that cops are, are out there just killing black men is ridiculous. And I hate that narrative coming out of this. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, it's really good. And, and pop, then to- everybody knows that Charles Barkley is black. How dare you? I don't know. I didn't know. I never what? heard of it. What? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Did you know um, Michael Jordan's black guys? <laughs> and then he came he, uh, just recently, like uh, probably two months ago, after a lot of the stuff that happened this summer, he said, there's a lot of people at fault. Cops make mistakes. Black people make mistakes. Until we stop, we have to sit back and be honest with each other. Cops have made mistakes. They don't give us the right. That doesn't give us the right to riot and shoot cops. We need the cops, especially in the black community. We as black people, we've got to do better. We never get mad when black people kill each other. Let me say that again. We never get mad when black people kill each other, which that has always bothered me. It's always bothered me. And then somebody's going to scream like, well, you can't change the subject. Well, first of all, I never changed the subject. I've always said that. We as black people, if you want to respect, if you want to give each other respect, you can't demand respect from white people and the cops if we don't respect each other. That's, that's, I mean, that's it. That's kind of, I'm glad we ended that with, with that, because I think that says it the best and says it the most completely. And it's, you know, it's just another case of that common sense that's just so severely lacking. But this is so much more important. And it's one more reason why, honestly, this election coming up is, I mean, I'm I'm not a big fan of Trump, but he, he not surprisingly, has earned... I you think are he, a fan of Trump. Well, I what think, are you hiding? I mean, he's he is what he is, but he he's understandably earned the endorsement of, like, every... Even the unions, even the police unions. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's this is serious. Like, no, this is this is dead serious, and it's bigger than just cops. This is bigger than 
Um, they're not just challenging police officers. Anyone listening to this right now, I, I'm a cop and I feel I definitely feel personally attacked and all, but I can see that this is way bigger than me. They're not challenging cops. They're challenging law and order. They're challenging oh, all of the Pop. rights. I know you didn't watch the debate, but that's what Trump said. And he got hammered for that by the media. Oh, did he? Whoa. He, his answer was, what we need is law and order. And they, he was made fun of for, oh, we need an old TV show. Oh, we need, you're so antiquated. You don't know anything that's, what's happening right now. Law and order. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, if you still care about the things in your life that matter, uh, your property, your family, your safety, all of that, yeah. <clears throat> that's what I mean by law and order. Uh-huh. There, There's... The, the thin blue line that we've all heard about, <clears throat> there's an actual group out there. There's a website. You can buy products and all. But really, Good essentially, what, what the thin blue line means is there is a line between the barbarians and the citizens. Yeah. And, and it is. It, it's a blue line. It's cops. Okay. I've known this long before I was a cop. That's what it is. Just like when I was in the Marine Corps, there was a, there's a green line protecting America from the rest of the world. That's true too. It's very true. Yeah. And I was part of that. Well, uh, the Marine Corps and the Army and the Navy and the Air Force, by law, by constitution, and it's a good law, are not allowed to take up arms against American citizens, right. even criminals. And so, who does that? Well, law enforcement does that. And without that, there's a quote that's often attributed to George Orwell. Um, if you research it, you might find some people saying it was Winston Churchill. Other people say it was Edmund Burke. Um, I tend to lead toward Burke, but whoever said it, the quote, it will be familiar to you, I'm sure. Uh, it says, we sleep safely in our beds because rough men stand ready in the night. To visit violence on those who would harm us. Yeah, it's the sheepdog idea. It, it is definitely, definitely the sheepdog idea. And, you know, do sheepdogs go rabid sometimes and make a mistake and bite the wrong person? Yeah. Uh, they do, for sure. But I'll go back to what I said right near the beginning about the 12 million plus arrests and 410 killings. Yeah, that, that, zero, that percentage. Zero, zero. Now, I will say that every one of those 410 was a huge deal to to the loved ones, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, So I'm not trying to belittle that. No. But in the scheme of things, dear God, to to basically burn this country to the ground over a percentage that's smaller than – infinitesimally smaller well, than a, anything. There's a reason why it's so small too. And it's not that that's the only number of people who were black, the only number of people who had guns. No. Of those 12 million people, probably quite a few of them were dangerous situations. and Many of them. And the officers, this is how, this is how specifically, their, how specific the training is that this is how like rare it is. Like, the way that you guys are trained when something should come to that point. It's not, it's anyways, it's, yeah. it's not well, what they make we, it out to be. We've beat it up a lot, but uh, just, I guess, maybe the last from my heart point that I want to make is I will tell you that we spend an enormous amount of our time in training. 
um, the, beyond the initial training that we get, our, our in-service training on a regular basis, and I mean even literally every day in briefings, uh, our training never stops. It never stops, and it's current, and it's based on current events, and we're trying very hard to be adaptive and to keep up with things and all of that, and we're trying to keep ourselves alive, and we're trying to keep our citizens alive, and we're trying to keep this country going. We're trying to keep just day to day so so people can go with their lives and enjoy the things that this country promises everyone the but this life country liberty is so screwed up it's like what do we all even share in common and belief anymore you can't even say that police are here for good for this and that and so in so many people's minds anymore it's just crazy well, I'll, I'll tell you to do the thought experiment um if you even live partially in reality, if you imagine a country with no police, then you you get what early medieval times were, and that is might might makes right, and you get whoever's stronger. You get what uh, uh, an honest to god anarchist would want. Yeah. You get uh, whoever's strongest gets the most, and if if I'm bigger than you, then whatever you have is mine, and you yeah we we can't have that and we won't have that because we're americans and that is not going to happen here I it's not going to happen i i don't think i i believe that this will go i think i i i don't know yeah no nah. all right well well the we... the good news is the, the 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 media narrative is always hyperbolic and it's always way exaggerated and i meet so many people that tell tell me and my partners all the time don't worry about what those clowns say we got your back we love you thank you um that the vast majority of people are good people they really are um this is uh, a lot of this is manufactured and a lot of it is just media hyperbolic unfortunately it 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 creates such a big storm that it affects a lot of people's lives and it's making it, it's making the country less safe. Well, and I think like it, that's why it's important that we keep preaching the truth wherever we go and preaching, you know, speak up, speak out. Uh, don't just go along with that. Don't ride the wave and don't let this be another thing, another hill that the, that the, the anarchists, the leftists get like they've won so many things yeah. saying that like there's just so many social issues that they've taken over this can't be one it can't be a given that cops are racist or that this is the way things are it, right. it's not that way it's, it's no it's not so i think next episode we know what we're going to talk about now yeah we know we know and so do the people all right it's gonna be huge <laughs> yeah we all matter people we all matter Yes, all lives matter. And thank you, Pop, for your service, truly, from the bottom Yeah, 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 yeah. Keep moving forward, folks. Blue line is thin. God bless. I heard a pray the night Chicago died. Brother, what a night it really was. Brother, what I thought it really was. Glory be. I heard my mom cry. There was no sound at all But the clock upon the wall Then the door burst open wide 